it's that time again. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking to finally build a business that creates consistent cash flow, but you're concerned about all the market disruptions, relax. You found your safe haven to learn the secret to success. List, you last. Welcome to this week's podcast. Hey, welcome fellow listing agents. Bob Mangold, the listing coach here with episode number 16 of the If You List You Last podcast. Now, this week we're going to get tactical. What do I mean by tactical? Well, I'm going to share with you how I teach our agents where to find listings locally so that it ensures that they're spending their money advertising and marketing in the right places. Well, what do I mean by the right places? Well, where are people actually selling? What if you had a subdivision that only had three sales a year and it's uh, 500 homes and you're spending, call it $500 a month to market to that particular area? Well, the return on your investment is minimal if you captured 100% of the listings, right? So I'm going to show you how we do that today. And then we also use it because it's a very powerful discussion to have inside of a listing appointment. Now, as always, make sure that you join our Real Estate Asset Advisors Facebook group so you can join in on the conversation, maybe share your thoughts, comments, or questions on any of the topics I discuss. And here's the thing, folks, whether they're good comments, bad comments, you disagree, go in there and have a conversation. And if you got something specifically that you'd like me to cover and you want me to discuss it on the show, jump on over to the Facebook group and we'll share your request. So, Let's get started with this week's show. So our mortgage market update, got a lot to talk about here this week. A ton of information came out last week, but one of the things that I want to review, last week I shared a strategy with you about having an open and honest conversation with your buyers. It was a great conversation that you could have on social media, whether it's Facebook Live, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, guys. You want to have this conversation because there's just so much horrible, I'll say information, but it's really thought processes on the part of buyers right now around waiting until interest rates come down. And again, we talked about the flip side of that. When interest rates come down, folks, people are going to be flooding into the market. There's already a very limited inventory, which means, well, the price of the housing is going up. So it's far better for them to get in the market while we don't have that feverish activity going on and get them out there and get the house. Remember, they can always refinance a house, but when the price is going up, boy, you're locked in at that price. So it's just a great opportunity for you to get out there and start marketing. So I want to give you that as a reminder, uh, mostly because I wanted to postpone what really went on last week. It was horrible for the mortgage market. Not just the mortgage market, but the interest rates associated with it. Now, both the PPI and CPI, producer price index and consumer price index, came in much, much higher than expected, which sparked more fear about inflation continuing higher. Because, well, team, it really is just verifying that inflation is higher. The consumer already knows it and feels it, right? Everything is costing more that we can't deny. And it's not just a little bit more. Food prices are up more than 23% in less than two years. Gas for your car, you know what's happened there. Interest on the credit cards, ridiculous, right? And then almost everything else. Now, one of the worst categories out of last week's report was auto insurance and insurance in general. Well, why is that? Well, because the 
all time or that the auto thefts are at an all time high, and the cost of insuring a business that's gone through all the retail theft and vandalism and things like that, it's just driven those prices higher. And what that does is it continues to fuel inflation. So I don't care where you sit politically, but I don't know how you could disagree that higher crime doesn't have an impact. And it, folks, it has an impact on mortgage rates because it's fueling massive inflation. And the consumer knows that this isn't uh, something that they're not aware of. And remember this, folks, while the, the rate of growth of inflation right now is a little bit over 3%, depending if you use the PPI or the CPI, it doesn't matter. What that really means, folks, is it's still going up, but that's on top of what's already increased. So if we look at food prices for two years, they're up 23%. Well, they're going to continue going up 3% a year. Well, just so you know, net earnings for employees is down. So the prices are going up and income is going down. Those are not good things to have happening now. So the question is, well, how does all that really impact mortgage rates? Well, it's pretty simple. If the Fed has to raise interest rates to fight inflation, the stock market goes down just like it did in 2022. And that's when you've seen the interest rate spike up to eight and a quarter. It's just how it works, guys. When the market drops, mortgage companies, well, they're going to lose money when they issue loans while the market is down. When the prices of mortgage-backed securities drop, mortgage providers are generally going to increase interest rates. And that's just the way it is. So that's what we're going to see for the near term. Now, how long does that continue? I don't know. We're going to have to get a, a, a hold on inflation. There's no question about that. Because remember, while everybody's saying, well, it's going down, it doesn't matter. It went up so high. It's still going up. It's not deflation where prices came back. How many of you guys would love to have gas prices at 2019 or food prices at 2019? We all would. Well, in order to get there, we actually need to see some deflation. And until that happens, you're going to see interest rates hold where they're at, I would say, possibly even go up a little bit. So do me a favor, just make sure you're paying attention to the market so that you can provide your clients with great guidance and, and great advice. Make sense? All right, let's move into some tactical things today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to switch screens for you. Now, when we eventually have this edited, my video team will take an edit. It will put it on YouTube. So in the meantime, I'm going to describe to you what I'm sharing with you. So the theory is pretty simple, folks. If you're going to take and spend marketing and advertising dollars, whether that's Google pay-per-click or direct mail, doesn't matter what it is, Shouldn't we target the areas that would provide us the highest likelihood of return? Well, what does that mean? Well, where's the most activity in a specific market? So I always use it by zip code. So I search by zip code. Could you do subdivisions? Or if you're in a, an area where you got a lot of small towns, could you do small towns? Sure. So it's whatever's appropriate for your market. But if you're not able to see this on YouTube, I have a column. The first column is zip code. What zip codes do you want to work in, mostly geographic? Like, why work a zip code that could be 30 or 40 miles away from you? So in Phoenix, for example, if you live in the northwest side of Phoenix and you want to sell properties in the southeast side, that's like an hour and 30-minute drive away. Well, you don't want to be doing that. Don't you want to work, like, in your area? So you pick the zip codes that make the most amount of sense for you in terms of travel time. And then you've got to break them down and develop some more information. So the next column, so the first column is zip code. The second column is average 
or median sales price. Depends how it shows in your MLS because folks, you get all this from your MLS. It's all there. I don't know of an MLS that does not provide this data. So whether they show average or median doesn't matter. So all the, the difference is the average purchase price is different than the median. Median means for every home above a certain level, there's one below it. So if you're watching this on YouTube, on 85050, the median sales price is 362000 meaning there's a house above that price, there's a house below it. I tend to like to use the average price. All that means is you take all the homes that sold that month, let's say it was $10 million, and you divide it by the number of homes that are sold, that's the average price selling in your market. Either one of them are okay, it just gives you a good idea, okay? So the second column is average or median sales price, whichever one your MLS shows. Um, the third column, C, would be the number of closings in the past six months. Now, typically, I used to do this twice a year. In today's environment, with all the craziness that's going on with interest rates, inventory, everything else, I highly recommend doing this every three months, okay? It just keeps you more in tune to the market. It's more accurate if you show this in a listing presentation, and I'll talk about why we would do that, to be as current as possible. Make sense? So in this example, the six-month, the number of closings in six months for this zip code, 85050, was 429. Well, that's pretty good activity. If you look at 85054 underneath it, well, there's only 80. Guys, where do you want to spend your money? Where there's 429 listings or 80? That's all it comes down to. Then we want to look at the average days on market. So in this scenario, 85050 has 429 listings. The average days on the market is 56. Can we agree, guys, if you're going to spend money to market, if you look down this sheet, so 85377, the average days on market is 192. From a cash flow perspective, folks, which one will generate more cash flow for you? 56 days on the market or 192? Almost four times longer on the market. Now, you do have to compare the median sales price in 85050 is 362, but 85377 is 691,000, but only 86 listings. Because naturally, everybody will say, well, no, I want to do the highest priced zip codes. And that may make sense. It may or it may not, folks. But if you look at 85377 with 86 closings in the last six months, the average time on the market is 192 days. Is that really that attractive? Now, divide 86 by six, and you're coming out with just short of 15 sales a month. If you do 429 listings divided by six months, that's what? A closing every 30 days is 180, so a ton more, right? So all we're doing is we're taking data, we're taking what the, the market is doing and using it to make intelligent business decisions. Now, what we want to do is we also want to do column E is the number of current active listings, not pending, active. So in this scenario, 
we need to look at the number of active listings. So in 85050, it's 91. 56 homes closed in the last 30 days. That's column F. So 56 homes closed last 30 days. There's 91 available right now, which means the absorption rate in that market is 1.625 months of inventory. Does that make sense? And so what we do is we literally go through, and then the last column that I have is list to sales price ratio. Now, that could be an arbitrary number because, well, we might have agents starting at really high prices and then having to reduce the prices. Those all get factored in there. So many of you go into listing appointments and they go, no, I want to sell my house for 500. You're going, wow, I, I don't have anything that justifies it above 450. But you take the listing based on the thought process, well, it, it's better to be the one lowering the prices. I actually disagree with that. But at the end of the day, you're going to do what you want to do. So you need to take and show the list to sales price ratio. Because if it's in the, let's say, low 90s, that means people are having to reduce their prices to get the house under contract. If it's 105, it means you're in bidding wars. So now you can see if you actually took this. So in my example, we have about 15 in the area where we would want to do business. And we simply go into MLS and we get all this data. It does take about a half an hour or so to do that. But what it allows us to do, folks, is make intelligent decisions about where we specifically want to work. Where will we spend money to get that business? And then what's that turnover? What's the absorption rate? And again, think of absorption rate. Yeah, there's 1.625 months of inventory in the market. How many buyers? Well, last month it was 56. It's eating up almost all of the current active listings. It's probably a good place to get listings. Now, the average price is 362. And again, if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see the highest one is 707,000. And there were 201, or there were 200 closings at average of 120 day, two days on market. And I didn't go through and do all that for this example, okay? But now let's take a look three, three categories down or three lines down. We have a zip code 85255. That has the highest average price, 801,273. It has 661 closings. That's the highest number of closings in our general market, at least where I want to work. Now, they are at 138 days on market, and I didn't go pull the current active and all that. So know that the homes will sell slower, but there's more activity. There's 661 sales as opposed to 429 in a price that's more than twice as high. So if I'm going to take and dedicate money to a specific area, I'm going after 85255 because now we have to look at that and say, well, what's reasonable? And again, you can do this data or you can do this lookup inside of MLS and see who are the top agents in that particular zip code. And then you can look at what they're doing to market and advertise and see what they're doing and then say, hey, is it reasonable to think I could get X percentage of market share? 
let's say you could get 10% of that market share. Well, that's 661 closings every six months. So that's 60 semi-annually or 122 or 132. Does that make sense? See, now I can make intelligent decisions about where I want to focus. So the truth is, folks, I would look at this and I would say, I would want to pour, I would do a competition survey and see where they're at and see how many different agents are closing transactions in there and who has the biggest market share. Now, in this particular one, I do know who has the highest market share, but even at that, folks, there are only like 40 transactions of it. So that's 621, and the rest of that market is split down into handfuls of agents, maybe have, you know, four or five transactions. So it's totally doable. And then you'll want to do some demographic, how many homes in that particular zip code and things of that nature, and determine your marketing budget. But do you notice how we're actually acting like a business person? We're actually thinking about what it is that we want to do. Where do we want to spend money? What do we want to target? Maybe there's a subcategory inside of 85255. So let's call it seniors. We know that seniors represent 65% of the listings in 2022. And as soon as we get to 2023, now our profile buyers and sellers, I'll update that number. But now what if I go in and I went and did some research and found out that X percentage, call it 40% of 85255 is senior citizens, or maybe there's 350 people in that zip code, which I promise you is an easy number that it hit. Well, maybe I only target those 300 people because I know they have the highest likelihood. of. And so now what I can do is I can narrow it down. I can specify my market. I can form a niche within that market to get market share. Well, guys, let's say that I, I had 300. Again, I'm totally making these numbers up. I built a database of 300 seniors that are pretty likely to sell over the next, call it, year or so. And I market heavily to them. And I get, well, let's say year one, I get a 5% market share. Well, I got 15 listings I took. And let's say next year, I get 10% because I'm continually marketing to them. Well, now I've got a lot more, right? Now I've got 30 listings and then I've got new people that come in. So now I'm creating a funnel where all I'm really doing is targeting on 300 people. But I know that in that particular zip code, there's a ton of activity and the average purchase price is twice as high as that other zip code. And it's got about roughly 25% more activity. Do you see how I can now make intelligent decisions? And now instead of before, I might've been saying, hey, I'm going to target this subdivision and that subdivision and there's 5,000 houses. And if I want to do direct mail, it's X dollars. Well, now I could say if I was actually willing to spend that amount of money and I could zone in on, let's say 300 people in a zip code where I know there's a whole lot more activity on, that would be a much better business decision, right? So I could stop spending money in all these other zip codes to target. Make sense? And so now I'm actually able to take and make true and real business decisions about what it is that I'm doing and be able to target my money, if you will, 
where I can make it manageable. Because let's be honest, guys, if, if you, let's say you had 5,000 homes in this area, so I can promise you an 85255, there's more than 1,000 or 2,000 homes. It's probably like 25,000. You're not going to be able to directly market to them. You might be able to do some things on Facebook and things like that, but you're not doing direct mail. You're not doing Google pay-per-click. It's really expensive, right? But what if you had a 300-person database and you were spending a dollar or two a day on doing Facebook custom audience, and then you were doing direct mail to those 300 people because eh, 300 people on a six by eight postcard is about $1.53. So you're going to spend about $450 a month to hit that 300 people. Then they're seeing you on Instagram and Facebook and et cetera. And then we have a few other strategies to make sure that we're in front of them. Do you see how we could pick up market share from the smaller segment of a zip code that's delivering higher prices and more activity? Now I can be very strategic in what it is that I'm doing, and I can spend a whole lot less money than what I would do otherwise. See, typically what real estate agents do is we think, hey, I have to cover this whole market. I have to cover the whole northeast quadrant of uh, Maricopa County. Well, guys, you'd never have enough money to do it. I just promise you. And so all we're looking at is saying, hey, how do I take and segment down? Where's the most activity happening? And then make your decision from there. And so by taking and breaking these zip, code down, zip codes down and doing this, you'll be able to make great business decisions. The next benefit of doing something like this is in your listing presentation, you're actually going through this with people. So yeah, they only care about their particular zip code, but when they see that you analyze 15 or 20 of these, and folks, you don't even have to necessarily want to do those, but you go, now, one of the things that I do is I, I analyze the market every quarter and I sit down and go through and look at where's the activity to figure out what's our best strategy. So in a market like, say, 85255, where we have 661 transactions, we don't need to be as aggressive on pricing that home to sell. We're going to get traffic and activity from it. But on a zip code where there's 80 transactions every six months, less than 15 a month, we're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive in what we're pricing. And you can see the average days on market for the 80 sales is 135. and it's 138 for your market with the average price being 801. So we know that we have a higher price point. We have a lot more activity. So we don't have to be as aggressive in terms of pricing your home. And then you could show them your absorption rate. You could compare them. You could have a five-minute conversation with people about this. Well, the reality is, folks, why are you really doing that? You're doing it to demonstrate your expertise. Because here's what I teach real estate asset advisors to say. When people go, well, you know what? I talked to this person. I talked to that person. And they seemed really knowledgeable. And it's like, what do you say to that? And how do you do it in a way in which you're not being rude? And you say, folks, one of the things that, that I would tell you, I think we're having a different discussion. You're talking about the personalities. And I'm talking about the process. When you hire a real estate agent, they may be wonderfully nice people. The question is, what's the process look like to get you the highest amount of money in the fastest amount of time with the least amount of hassles and headaches? Because, well, that is what you told me you wanted to do. So as you look at an agent, I would tell you, stop looking at personality 
and start looking at the process. And if they thought this through, do they have a strategy, right? So we obviously use the home boss strategy and you can go back and listen to some of the podcasts or go to realestateassetadvisors.org and watch a video on it. But we also have databases of renters, both apartment and homes, that we have databases just like this. And what we've done is we go in and we have a listing. Hey, here are all the people that live within a five-mile radius are currently renting in a five-mile radius of where you live. This is the number of apartments. This is the number of single-family homes. This is who we start tomorrow marketing your open house to these renters that are within a five-mile radius. Well, why five miles? Because we know statistically more than 84% of all people move within a five-mile radius of where they currently live. And so we're going to start marketing to them. If you listen to any of my classes on reverse prospecting, we're going to go, these are people specifically looking for a home like yours in this market. Tomorrow morning, we go to work marketing to them and getting them invited to your open house so that we create that competition that'll drive your house or your price higher. Does that make sense? Now, other agents may be perfectly lovely people, but do they have a process? Do they have a strategy that they can walk you through and show you what they're going to do like I just did? Because you're not hiring the personality. People don't buy a house from somebody because, oh, they're really nice. We hate the house, but they're really nice. It's not how it works. It's the processes that you're actually hiring. And so that's how we list a home. If you went into a listing presentation and you did that, can we agree you take a lot more listings? And if you actually approach the market strategically, like I just showed you, and you had the data where you could make good decisions, can we agree you would list a lot more properties? And well, if you list, you're going to sell them in today's environment, unless they're ridiculously out of price. But for us on HomeBoss, we always know that we've got them priced properly. So this is all about being strate strategic and treating your business like a business. And if you actually sat down and showed people those things, that this is my process, then you're going to get hired more often than not. And so this is just one of the strategies that we can take and utilize to do this. But most importantly, you're going to start making better decisions about where you're spending your money and how much money you need to spend. So hope that helps. And as always, folks, I invite you to attend our, our weekly or biweekly business briefings, our Elevate business briefings, and go ahead and learn some of these strategies and tools and systems. So I hope that helps. And when you're able to take and view it on YouTube, if you want to see it, it's nothing more than an Excel spreadsheet. I told you what each column is. You can go recreate your own, folks. There's no magic to it. And go from there. Because listen, folks, at the end of the day, if you list, you last. And we'll talk to you next week. See you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.